Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Hebrews eleven sixteen says, But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly to be called wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he hath prepared for them a city but now they desire a better country and I want to jump down to verse 39 and verse 40 and these all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Amen. I want to just talk to you uh, for the next little bit, and my title for you to consider today uh, is A Better Country. A Better Country. And uh, Lord bless you this morning. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Most of us are aware that uh, Hebrews 11 um, is known as the faith chapter, uh, or some may call it the hall of faith, uh, which is a little play on words to uh, bring remembrance uh, to the hall of fame. Uh, And that is because in a hall of fame of any particular industry or entertainment or sports, uh, or what have you, are, are those who have excelled, those who have exceeded in a particular field. And so they many times will receive proper recognition of that excellence by being included in the hall of fame uh, of their respective industry or their respective sports. And so in this chapter... Uh, We call it the Hall of Faith because these individuals that we read about, they all excelled or exceeded in this realm that we call faith. These were amazing individuals who did remarkable things for God. And so many of the uh, big names of the Bible, if you will, uh, are located right here in Hebrews chapter 11 where the writer is looking back on the lives of those that lived and died, but each demonstrated something that could not be ignored and was really another link in the line of successive individuals leading to the great and glorious promise of Almighty God. And the writer explains to us, you see, one of the, one of the great things about this chapter is it talks about the definitive nature uh, of it concerning faith. It's it's decisive about it. uh, It doesn't mince any words about it. It's one of those this is that scriptures. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. By it the elders obtained a good report. They did that by faith. You don't have access to a good report, but they did through faith. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed 
by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And then he begins to describe Abel, how that by faith he offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. He describes Enoch, that he was translated that he should not see death. And we understand that Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. We also understand that Enoch walked with God and was not for God took him. He did this by faith. We know that verse 7 says, By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, but was moved with fear. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house. He built an ark by faith. He talked about Abraham, that Abraham was called out to go into a place which he should receive for an inheritance, and he obeyed and went out, not knowing whither he went. No Google Maps, no Siri, no directions, just obedience, not knowing whither he went. And he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. I love the way that that's put. He was in the land of promise, but it seemed strange to him. Amen. And the Bible says in verse 10 that he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And then the writer says, he said, don't forget about Sarah. Sarah, through faith, also herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. He goes on to explain how Abraham offered up Isaac, accounting that God was able to raise him up from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Verse 20 says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, he blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped. Verse 22, By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather by faith to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And finally, the writer says, what shall I more say? What shall I more say? And we know this is a preacher writing this because he said, I don't even have time to tell you about all the others. And then he goes on to tell them about all the others. 
Verse 32, what shall I more say? Time would fail me to tell you about all of these heroes of faith. What the writer was saying is, I wish I had time to tell you about Gideon. I wish I had time to tell you about Barak. I wish I could tell you about Samson and Jephthah and about David and about Samuel. I wish I could talk to you more about the prophets. And then you read, listen to what these people did. Through faith, they subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. And they escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong. They waxed valiant in fight. They turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Listen to this. Women received their dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trials of cruel mocking and scourging, yea, moreover, bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were torn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these, every single one of them, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. And then you could continue on in chapter 12. Wherefore seeing we also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every sin that doth so easily beset us. Amen. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want you to understand that the world was not worthy of these people. They never did receive the promise, but they wandered in caves and mountains of the earth. They never did receive it, but they were stoned and they were sawn asunder. They were tormented and they never did receive the promise, but they were tortured. This world wasn't even worthy of them. Amen. By faith, they built arks and by faith, they brought down walls and by faith, they went through dens of lions and by faith they walked through fire and came out without being burned by faith they turned a flight the armies of aliens they did it all by faith and they never did receive the promise these all died every one of them died in faith not getting the promise but they saw the promises afar off and the bible says that they were persuaded of the promises i want to preach to somebody today how you have to see the promises afar off and you've got to let what you see afar off persuade you right now you don't have to have it in the right now but you have to see something that isn't that there and you have to see it and be persuaded 
of things that are yet to be. When they were persuaded of it, Brother Bishop, they embraced it. They, they, and when they embraced it, there was a confession that came up out of their mouth. And that confession was this. I'm a stranger and a pilgrim on this earth. I'm in a strange land. Heaven forbid that the child of God ever begin to get the mindset that they are ashamed of being called out of darkness and placed into this marvelous light. There needs to be a confession of your faith. There needs to be a confession that says, I'm so glad that I can say that I'm one of them. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I'm one of them oneness people. I'm one of them apostolic people. I'm one of them. I'm one of those Jesus name people. I'm one of those worshiping people. There needs to be a confession rise up that says, I'm not ashamed of this. I'm not ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Verse 14, they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. They declare plainly. How do they declare plainly? They declare plainly with their lifestyle that this world is not my home. They declare with the way that they act and the way that they talk and the way that they praise. They declare with the way that they do all those things that I'm not like this world and this world isn't my home, but I've got my eyes on a heavenly I'm looking for a city that has foundation. There's just something about these people. When you read about these people, they declare plainly that they seek a country. They they declare plainly that they're not a part of this culture. They're they're just different. They're, they're, They're just different. They realize, hey, this world is not my home. They realize they're just different. They're just different kind of people. Anytime they get a chance, they're in the house of God worshiping. Anytime they get a chance, they're reaching out trying to help somebody. Anytime they get a chance, they're trying to love somebody. They declare plainly that they seek a country. The part that gets me is this next statement. Verse 15, the writer says, and truly, everybody say truly, truly. Truly. He, He put that word right before what he was about ready to say, because he just didn't want you to think that he was just, he was just hyperbolizing, that he was just up there filling time or that he was just exaggerating. He said, truly. If they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country. Did you hear what the writer said? He said, truly, truly. 
If Noah had been mindful of what was going on around him, he would have thrown down his tools and he would have stopped building the ark. Truly, if Moses had been mindful of the political, popular opinions of his day, he would have walked away from the burning bush and said, I don't care if God's people are in bondage or not. Truly. Truly, if Abel had been mindful of the pressure he was getting from Cain, he never would have offered a more excellent sacrifice. Truly, if Enoch had been mindful of how everybody else was walking and how everybody else was living, he never would have walked with God. And he never would have been translated. Truly, if Joseph had been mindful of what was going on in his life, he would have stopped serving God a long time ago. If they had been mindful of that country from whence they come out of, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But I want to tell you, they all came to a place. They all came to a place where they said, I'm never going back. I'm not, I've come too far by faith and I'm not going back. They all made up in their mind. And I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, we all got to come to that same place. Amen. I don't care how the devil tries to pretty it up. I remember what it was like before I met him. I remember what it was like feeling like I was all by myself. I remember what it was like wondering if I was going to heaven or hell. I remember and I've decided I'm not going back. I'm, I'm glad you're with me this morning. I'm glad you're, you're following along, you're clapping, and you're saying amen. We all feel the same way. We all feel the same way that we're not going back. We've made up in our minds that uh, I, I'm glad of that. None of us want to go back. But truly, truly, if they had been mindful of that country, that they came out of, you can go back. I know you don't think you ever will, but just dwell on it a little while. Just think about it for a little while, and you'll start slipping before you even know it. If you start being mindful of what somebody said about you, how somebody hurt you, somebody said some words about you in the church, how dare they, oh, they are such a hypocrite, they're supposed, hypocrite. They're supposed to be a Christian, I can't believe that said that. You start letting things get into your mind, and you'll start going back to things that God brought you out of. You'll start going back to a place that God delivered you from. You'll start going back to things that you never dreamed of, things that you never dreamed you would go back. You'll go back like a dog goes back to his mom. You'll go back like a pig goes back to the mire. Truly, 
truly you'll go back if you start being mindful of that country from whence you were delivered friends I'm preaching to you today don't go back don't go go forward move forward go ahead the Bible says if any man put his shoulder to the plow and look back he's not fit for the kingdom I want to be fit for the kingdom today he brought me out of darkness and he put me into his marvelous light I'm not going back and it's a it's a wide variety of things that God has brought us each and every one of us out of and I thank God for the testimonies that different individuals and different families have in this there are some that God brought you out of false doctrine there are some that God brought you out of fear there are some here today that God brought you out of your confusion amen there are some that have been brought out of the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes amen and I'm here to tell you today he's still calling he's still calling people out he's still delivering people amen make up in your mind I'm not returning I want to be fit for the kingdom let me ask you why would you go back why why would you want to go back why would you even ponder that Romans 14 tells us that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you what that means, and you know what? It's in that order, too. Righteousness, and then it's peace, and then it's joy, and it's all in the Holy Ghost. See, you're not going to get any joy without righteousness. You're not going to have any peace without righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1 lets us know that Christ has made unto us wisdom, redemption, sanctification, and righteousness. I've got to let his righteousness baptize me. I've got to be consumed with his righteousness. What do you think that I'm looking at when I look unto Jesus? I'm looking at his righteousness. When he filled me with his spirit, amen, he filled me with his righteousness. And when I abide in him, he's making me righteous. And the result of that is peace it's peace it's peace in my home it's peace in my marriage it's peace in my mind amen and what you have to realize is this amen I didn't have any of that in that country that I came I didn't have the righteousness I didn't have the peace I didn't have the joy in that place that he called me out of. I didn't have it there. There was a bunch of junk that promised me that stuff. There was a bunch of stuff that said you can have it, but none of it can give you peace. Hear me right now. 
There's a bunch of stuff out there that say it's going to bring you joy and it's going to bring you peace. Amen. And the world knows how to put it together. They know how to put it in a little bottle and they know how to put it in a roll of paper and they say this is going to, no, 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 no. They amen. The world knows what it's doing. They know how to put it up on neon signs and, and draw people in and say, hey, this is what's going to give you peace. peace. But it's a lie. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, and it's all in the Holy Ghost. If you've got the Holy Ghost, why don't you clap your hands right now, lift up your voice. You know where it comes from. It starts with righteousness. And when that righteousness takes effect in your life, it settles you. It, it, it settles the nerves in your body. It, it settles the anxiety of your mind. It settles your spirit and you feel peace. And you may not have joy just yet. It, but, but peace comes first. And when peace sits for a while, when it takes up residence in your spirit, when that's, when it, when it, when it sits for a while and it settles for a while and you all of a sudden begin to catch your breath again and you come out of that dark world and God baptizes you with righteousness and he settles you with peace and you won't even be able to understand it. You won't even be able to, to understand how in the world you have peace. But you know why? Because you know everything you did wrong. You know everything that you just came out of. You know all the mistakes that you ever made. You know all of the bad decisions that you ever made. Amen. You know what kind of person and you know how, how messed up you were and how you failed God time and time again. But yes, it's a, yet it's a peace that passes all your understanding. And that peace has an amazing way of turning into joy. Folks, you know what this is? It, it, this is? This is living for God. That's what it is. This is what it is to live for the Lord. People look at you just kind of, how in the world are they having a good day? How in the world are they so joyful? How in the world do they have so much peace? It's in the Holy Ghost. It's in the Holy Ghost. That's why it's a promise to everyone. God is calling everyone. He wants to deliver all of us. That's the country. Righteousness, joy, peace, all in the Holy Ghost. Guess what? That's the country he's taking you to. That's a better country that he's taking us all to. That's the country that he's leading you to. Don't go back to where you came from. And the devil knows. The devil knows how to get people back. He understands that all he has to do is get those to be mindful of where they came from. And if he can get you mindful, you'll have opportunity to return. And so the devil, he's, he's wise. He'll, he'll put where you came from in all different sorts of places. He'll put at where you came from all over the map. He'll put it in the music you listen to. He'll put it in all sorts of places. And you can sit there and you can watch something and you can listen to something and you don't think you're going back because you're just thinking about it. 
You're just mindful of it, but truly, truly, if you're mindful of that country from which you came out, you'll go back. You'll go back. And Hollywood knows how to do this well. They know how to dress it all up. They know how to make it look like something that it's not. They, they show you how everyone is just out there living the good life. Everybody's just out there living it all up and living the dream and having a great time. And the devil will paint the church in one light, in the world, in another light. Amen. And, and we, get, we, we get guilty of it sometimes and we get caught up in the mess and we think it's innocent because we're not really doing anything. Just give it time because truly, if your mind you will have opportunity to return. But why? Why go back when the Lord has brought you out? Folks, you got to have a mindset that you that, 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 that you've come across a threshold and you're not going to return. Amen. You've got to come in here with a mindset and you've got to leave here with a mindset that it says, I'm not going The Bible says that Ruth, Ruth was a Moabitess. She was a Moabitess, and she was married to Naomi's son. When Naomi's son died, and her son-in-law died, and her husband died, and Ruth and Orpah came to Naomi, and they said, we're going we're gonna to go with you. Naomi said, leave. Don't, don't, don't go with me. Don't go, don't go back to where you came. Orpah had been mindful of where she had come from, obviously, and thought, you know, it actually sounds like a good idea. I think I'll just, I think I'll just go back to where I came from. I think I'll, I think I'll just go on back because, you know, I didn't, really, I didn't really buy into all this stuff. I didn't really buy into all these problems and, and folks dying and everything. But I love the way that Ruth responds. She said, I'm never going back. She said, I'm not. You told me about a God who parts the waters. You told me about a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm not going back. That's what starts happening when you start dwelling on where you're going and not where you came from. In the last days that we live in, I don't want to think back. I don't want to look back. I want to look ahead to where I'm telling a better country. The Apostle Paul, he said this, this one thing I do, this one thing, I count not myself to have apprehended, but there's one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me. I reach for things which are before. I press toward the mark. Oh, Bryce, but listen, I've got some major things in my life, Bryce. I've got some major issues. I've got some major problems. Hear me right now. Just forget it. Forget it. Oh, but you don't know what I did, Bryce. Forget it. But, but if people found out, if people found out what I did, just stop. You think that you're the only one in here who's ever messed up? You think you're the only one in here that's ever sinned? You think you're the only one in here that's got a past? If you got a past, would you lift up your hand? 
There are people filled in this room right now that have junk in their closet that they don't want anybody else to know about. But guess what? The blood of Jesus covered it all. I said the blood of Jesus covers it all. I come against every whispering devil that's in your ear right now trying to condemn you, trying to shame you for something that God has forgiven you for. Let the enemy know today, I'm not going back. I'm going to move ahead. One more scripture I want to share with you today as our music comes. Romans 12 Romans 12, Paul writes, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. 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 How, how, how does that happen? Are we all just a bunch of transformers up here? Are we just some, and my kids got those toys and stuff, and they just like, they got the small ones where it just transformed, boom, you just fold it one time, and there it is, it's a transformer. And, I, and the, the more expensive tools or toys, which we're headed to, pray for me, uh, the more expensive ones, they got a few more tricks and stuff like that, a few more bins and circles and stuff, you got to transform them. But what, what is that? Transformed. Are we just a bunch of transformers walking around? Listen to me right now. Look around this room. Look around. Look at your neighbor. There is more than meets the eye. Yes, yes. There, there's more to the person sitting next to you than you know. There's more than needs to happen. I know they may look in, they may come in here and they may smile and they may say hi to you and they'll be all meek and mild and everything. Amen. And, and we go out into our communities and sometimes we get walked on all the time because we're meek and we're mild and we're trying to uh, let the fruit of the Spirit operate in us. Amen. But you put that person in a prayer closet. You put that person in a worship service. Amen. I know we go around all mild and meek. Amen. But you put that person in a prayer closet and watch them rip open that prayer life don't get in the way don't get in their way be ye transformed how by the renewing of your mind can I tell you Abraham had to renew his mind Moses had to renew his mind. Noah had to call Peter. They all had to renew their mind because if they had been mindful of that country, friend, they would have gone back. But when they began to renew their mind, People coming up mocking Noah. No, you just need to stop doing. Won't? Why are you doing all this stuff? You know this is a giant waste of time. Amen. This is crazy. You know there's not going to be any need for this. But come on, Noah, renew your mind. 
Renew your mind. Amen. God told me to do it. God said to do it. And I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do what he said. I don't hear the music and I don't hear the choir and I don't even hear the preacher. The Bible says Noah was the only preacher in that day. Listen, we say a lot, hey, if nobody's going to do it, God's going to raise somebody else to do it. I'm glad Noah didn't think that way. He was the only one. If Noah wasn't going to, it wasn't going to get done. The Lord wasn't even interested in himself all that much. He had repented that he even created man. He was ready to just wipe us all off the face of the planet and start over. And then all of a sudden there was this man who remembered a prophecy about the heel of the seed of a woman crushing the head of the serpent and he said there's got to be a better day there's got to be a better day I know there's violence all around me I know this generation has turned their back on God but maybe just maybe God will give grace to me maybe God will give favor to me and Noah found favor he found grace in the sight of God. And when the discouragers came and the mockers came and the scourgers came and when culture turns, turned against him, Noah renewed his mind. He said, I've found grace in his sight. I've found grace in his sight. He favors me. He's coming. He's coming to give us. He's coming to give the children of man. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And Noah kept his eyes through faith. See, here's the reality. If you would stand with me. Here's the reality. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you want to be conformed to this world, just stop renewing your mind. If you want to be conformed to this world, just stop renewing your mind. And it will be automatic. Just stop renewing your mind in the blood of Jesus. Just stop dwelling on the things of God. Just stop, stop hearing the word of God. Just stop praying. Just stop seeking God. And you will automatically be conformed to this world. And just so we're all on the same page when I say the world, I'm talking about that world that the, that the, that the Bible says is going to pass away in a fervent heat in a fur that world that's the world you're going to be conformed to you know the one that's going to pass away the one that heaven and the earth shall pass away but my word shall never pass away the grass withereth and the flower fadeth but the word of our god shall stand forever that world yes. you'll be conformed to it just as long as you stop renewing your mind. But here's the other truth. If you renew your mind, you will automatically be transformed. 
And I don't know about you, but that's what I'm interested in. Because when you're transformed, you'll go from fear to faith. You'll go from sorrow to joy. You'll go from depression to peace. You'll go from sickness to wholeness. I speak that in Jesus' name. Somebody receive that in Jesus' name. The whole world is jumping off of cliffs. The whole world is drowning in despair and depression. And there are people that are running back to it. There are people who are returning. You know, when Ruth was told by Naomi, Naomi looked at her and she said, I don't want you following me. Go, go from me. I don't, I, I don't want you following me. You know, sometimes when you're serving God in the church, there are going to be people that you have developed confidence in that might give you every reason in the world to turn around. Hear me right now. Don't go back. Don't return. It's like, I love you, Naomi. And what you're saying right now is kind of hurting my feelings. Eh? But I'm not going back. I'm not going. I pray that there will be people in here today that rise up and lift up their voice and declare and renew their mind and say plainly that we seek a better country we're not going back i pray that there are people that renew their mind today amen i pray that there are people that 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 decide you know what you can't gossip me out of the church and you can't offend me out of the church and you can't hurt my feelings out of the church i'm not leaving the church this is the church triumphant, amen. This is the church that he said, I'll present unto him myself a glorious church. Listen to me, the church isn't headed down in the last days. It will continue to rise and rise and rise. I'm talking about the church. And when that roll is called up yonder, I'll be there because I've made up my mind. I'm not going back. Friend, there is nothing worth returning. Get your mind on Jesus today. Renew your mind today. I need some people right now to lift up your hands and your voice all across this place and declare, I'm not going back. I'm not, I, I made mistakes, but I, I'm not gonna let my mistakes turn me back to where I came from. Amen. I'm in this thing for the long haul. I'm not going back. I desire a better country. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.